and welcome to the Energetic Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa LaFera, an astrologer, tarot consultant, and all-around creative from sunny San Diego, California. This 12th episode is for the week of July 16th, 2018. So let's break it down a bit. Here's what to expect. The goal is to help guide and prepare you for the utmost awareness of the energy in the moment. For if you use the energy consciously, it has a better chance of working for you. I'll kick off the show with a weekly astro report along with a few tarot polls and our animal ambassador of the week. Then a guest will join me in conversation around a chosen topic. And this week, I'm so happy to have a beauty from down under, professional astrologer and lecturer, Cassandra Tyndall, join me in a conversation on retrograde tales and Mercury retrograde in Leo. I'd also love to give a shout out to another um, iTunes re- uh, review that I got, a five-star review from S. Uh, Froggy, I think is what it says. And she says, best self-help tool in town. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And I love how she says, beware, the theme music of the podcast is very addictive. It makes her feel as if she's entering some sort of video game that takes place in everyday life and where understanding the planetary aspects is the goal. I love that. (laughs) That's so wonderful. Um, And if any of you are wondering, I made that uh, theme song myself, being a musician. So uh, yeah, I guess so. I do like that 80s um, video game vibe for sure. I am a bit of a video game junkie. uh, So just FYI. Um, she's also a member of my tarot subscription, and she's been participating for a month or so. And she says that she finds the subscription to be a pertinent and practical way to learn tarot, and she looks forward to the content every week. So thank you so much uh, for sharing that uh, review, such a stellar review. I really appreciate that. Um, and if anybody else wants to do so, I'd so encourage it. So now before we get started here, please remember, as always, take what resonates and leave the rest because only you know you best. So thank you so much for joining me today. And if you'd like to show appreciation for my work and get early Sunday access for only $1 per month, or if you're interested in that tarot subscription I was just talking about, you can find out more at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. So let's get down to this week's astro report. Our lunar lady starts out the week in her waxing phase in the practical earth sign of Virgo, where she remains until moving into the balancing air energy of Libra on Tuesday. She will continue in the sign of the scales while heading towards her first quarter moon position on Thursday. Later that day, she moves into the passionate water sign of Scorpio, where she'll hang out until Sunday when she moves into the expansive fire sign of Sagittarius and where she will continue to wax forward for next week's lunar eclipse, total lunar eclipse. So just a quick heads up, all time approximations are for North America. So if you live in Europe, add about eight hours. And if you are in Australia or the East, add about 17 hours, basically the following day. Keep in mind that timing isn't always precise as astrological transits 
also known as the connections that planets make, have varied emphasis as they apply and separate. So it's quite possible to feel the energy sooner or later than the exact moment of contact. This week, we have very few aspects in the sky, with only Venus and Jupiter coming together to make a harmonious alignment. Uh, But let us not forget that we are in the thick of eclipse season and waxing to that total lunar eclipse in Aquarius that will be coming down the line next week. So we can certainly expect this week to be active in its own way. So let's dive in. On Monday, we have the moon in Virgo, uh, and she will sextile Jupiter, oppose Neptune, and then trine Pluto. And so the bottom line for Monday is, uh, now that we have the moon in the earthy sign of Virgo, we start out the week with a pragmatic and discerning approach to what is before us. Health consciousness may be up and details get our attention. We start out the day in a benevolent move, which may turn into the desire to escape later in the day, uh, and energy may drop, you know, with that opposition to Neptune. The evening will allow us to practically get in touch with our deeper feelings, uh, which could lead to some productive results as the moon makes a trine to Pluto. On Tuesday, we still have the moon in Virgo, but she will move to Libra around midday. And on the way, she'll sextile the sun, square Saturn, and then trine Mars. And so the bottom line for Tuesday is uh, we kind of have a two-part day going on where we move from that shy Virgo space into that sociable Libra space midday. Uh, And emotions are going to be seeking balance, and things may feel a little off at first, particularly in the evening with that square to Saturn, uh, because that square might be triggering a serious look at our long-term commitments. Um, And actively assessing your position will then lead to an internal flow on where to direct your drive for lasting benefits, since we have that trine to Mars that happens not too long after. So there will be some assessment of reality and where we're placing our uh, commitment and devotion to and what we're working towards. Um, So this can be a very fruitful period. It might not seem like it, but it does let us get in touch with that energy. On Wednesday, we have the moon officially is in Libra, and the only thing she's going to be doing is making a square to Pluto. Um, And so the bottom line for Wednesday is that socializing and reaching out to others will be emphasized today, and partnerships are likely to be on our radar. Later in the evening, we are likely to be confronted with some strong emotional material that is being kept below the surface with that square to Pluto. Sudden urges, impulsive desires, and or power struggles may come about in regards to relating. And especially since first quarter is on approach tomorrow, uh, this could be a good time to do some honest emotional self-analysis so you know where to take action further. So take that time to balance before jumping the gun on anything. And on Thursday, we finally have that first quarter moon in Libra. And this is, you know, a significant point of the lunar cycle, especially since we're in eclipse season. Um, So we can consider this a rather uh, significant transit on its own, um, just because it's kind of pushing forward the agenda of the eclipses. Um, So we have that first quarter moon in Libra, uh, exact at 12.52 p.m. here on the Pacific Coast. Um, And it's kind of got that two-part day going on uh, because the moon is going to move to Scorpio later in the evening. And so this is a day to kind of deal with challenge head-on and to make progress. Communications are in the air, and there will be an opportunity to share how we feel with others. 
It is also a good day to conduct business or engage in social media of some sort. Later in the evening, Luna moves into the passionate waters of Scorpio, and the unexpected may confront us, causing a little restlessness and irritability, since we'll have that opposition um, from the moon in Scorpio to Uranus in Taurus. Now, on Friday, we have the moon in Scorpio, and she will sextile Saturn, square Mars, sextile Venus, and then conjunct Jupiter. Um, and so this day might not start off on the best foot, you know, since we have that square to Mars early on in the day. A bad attitude may cause some irritability within yourself or others, so just be aware of that. Um, and see what it is that's irking you and put that into your Mars retrograde file, because these are fruitful moments to kind of look into that retrograde motion that is still going on. Later in the afternoon and evening, there will be an opportunity to unwind and enjoy the pleasures of life a little bit more, uh, which can be very healing for personal growth at this time, especially since the moon is conjuncting Jupiter in Scorpio. On Saturday, we still have the moon in Scorpio, and she will try Neptune, sextile Pluto, and then square Mercury. And so, uh, especially with that trying to Pluto while we are sleeping, or at least here in the United States, uh, we may have some interesting dreams in the night that can help us work through uh, and maybe release some of that tension that we've encountered. Um, there will be an opportunity to see into that, prof- that profundity of what we experience first thing in the morning uh, with that sextile to Pluto. So do not hesitate to go a little deeper with either yourself or another at this time. And in the afternoon, there may be a challenge in communications with others if we approach the conversation from an intense emotional position, especially since we have that square to Mercury. Subjectivity is likely to be in place, and there can be some drama within expression right now because Mercury uh, is currently in Leo, and both Leo and Scorpio are very passionate signs. Um, So if you do have that drama come up, and especially within conversation, you know, you might not like what you hear, uh, but this is a turning of the page type of moment uh, where tension can be released for the better. And with that Venus-Jupiter connection that is happening early tomorrow morning, which I'm about to talk about, there is ultimately an opportunity for growth in our relations by practically solving the problems that arise within partnerships. Sometimes we just got to talk it out and deal with it. And so on Sunday, we have the moon now in Sagittarius, and she will trine the sun and then make a sextile to Mars. Um, And two other things are happening that day. We have Venus making a sextile to Jupiter, and we have the sun officially moving into Leo. Um, And so let's talk about this Venus sextile to Jupiter first, because it happens really early on in the day, and we're most likely to feel it on Friday and most likely Saturday. Um, And so Venus, once again, is that principle of relating relationships, um, artistic projects, more of a receptivity and feminine force. And that sextile uh, is a harmonious aspect that creates opportunities or opens doors in some way. But we have to take the action in order to, uh, you know, jump on that opportunity. And then Jupiter is the principle of expanding our our world in some way for growth or movement. And so this is a lovely little aspect that gives us the opportunity to make some headway in our relationships, our social life, and our creative projects. We are probably going to feel rather good and generous to those around us um, once we work through some of the things I just talked about earlier. Um, And we could meet some new folks that are lovely additions to our social sphere as well. 
relationships in general have the opportunity to grow at this time in a practical way that is supported by a healing emotional energy. The details of an artistic project may come together helping us to make some ground, especially if we are working within group endeavors. But ultimately, it's a little fun time and some adventure with our friends. Could be just what that doctor is ordering right now, Um, especially since there's been some tenser aspects this week. And then for the sun moving into Leo, uh, and the Leo is a sign of the sun's domicile. Um, So, you know, it's very strong. Uh, So now that we're entering that season of the lovable lion, you know, happy birthday to all you Leos out there and happy uh, yearly refresh for all you Leo risings. Um, Because with the sun in its its own territory, in its own domicile, we can expect the solar influence to kind of be kicked up a notch. So we're moving from that watery, emotive, and kind of self-protective initiating realm of cancer. And now the sun is in that fiery, creative, heart-based spirit of the lion. Um, And with so many major transits and eclipse action happening with this placement, I have a feeling this will be a very fruitful season to reconnect with our hearts and enliven our enthusiasm for what it is we truly love. Passion will be in the air, and a little drama is likely to rise from time to time. But as long as we come from a truly authentic place, because that's what Leo asks for, you know, our authenticity, we will surely be on the right track as we move through Leo season. So the bottom line for Sunday is that enthusiasm and a jovial nature will return once Luna moves into the adventurous sign of Sagittarius. We are likely to wake up feeling greater harmony and a willingness to tackle the day. So take the opportunity to step into act, to action and have a little, you know, Sunday fun day because it's good to kind of get, th- you know, let the tension off of the week. And so to wrap it up, you know, even though we are not having, a, you know, any major transits or aspects this week, we are still smack dab in the middle of eclipse season. So energy is brewing and tides are changing. Relations may get tense and the search for harmony and balance is on this week. So let's take a look at the cards because they seem to, they play into what I just talked about, but kind of add another dimension as well. And so this week I drew the five of pentacles as the focus and the ace of cups as the grounding. And with the five of pentacles as the focus, there may be a transitional influence that happens on the earthly plane that we may not Um, you know, may not be the most pleasant to deal with uh, because this card usually deals with issues of lack, hardship, rejection, or being a victim in some situation. And the five can represent actual events in our lives, such as falling ill or losing a job. But it can also deal with spiritual separation when we are so mired in our everyday reality that we end up, you know, getting a little lost. So if something feels missing or actually goes missing, as in the loss of some material aspect of your life, this can be an excellent time to do some soul searching while also attending to your own needs because you don't want to neglect yourself in the process. And if you need help in a matter, don't be afraid to ask for it. And so with the Ace of Cups as the grounding card, I feel that this card is actually really encouraging, uh, you know, the transitions that the Five of Pentacles is leaning to. Um, And through that hardship, we can get to, you know, reconnect with our emotional selves and what the heart 
truly desires. Um, And going through this phase will help revitalize the spirit while also allowing for new creativity and expression of your feelings to blossom around you. So connect with whatever feelings come through and let the heart guide the way. And so last but not least, certainly not least, this show is brought to you by this week's animal ambassador, the boar. This little piggy asks us to face any problems we may be having with confidence and courage in order to emerge victorious in the end. This really speaks to our first quarter moon, where we may need to face action head-on in order to remedy a situation. Once the problem has been handled, you will not only see it in a new light, but you will gain increased confidence after having dealt with it in a creative way. By tackling the issue head-on, you remove those obstacles from your life and can align more greatly with your own power, the power of spirit, and the fulfillment of your purpose. Now, if you want to go deeper with the energy of the week um, and how that will interact with you personally, I encourage you to check out my tarot subscription on Patreon. Uh, As you heard in my earlier uh, iTunes review uh, from a fellow subscriber, um, how much she gets out of it because these card placements are really tailored to the aspects of the week to kind of see how that plays out in your life. And so every Sunday, I release a short video outlining the custom spread along with a photo that has it as well if you don't have time for the video. Um, And I'm also encouraging you to share your cards and your questions because I like to see what people have going on and I'll, I'll comment on it and tell you what I think. Um, so I also highlight a crystal each week within the spread and also an inspirational quote to kind of tie it all together with a, with a neat little bow. And so last week I offered the tarot subscription for free for our solar eclipse that we were having. So if you're interested in giving that a try, feel free to go on down um, and give it a go because I have a feeling it will still be pretty relevant. Um, but this week we all, I'll be doing honesty, integrity, and emotional release. Um, for the this custom card spread. So if you want to find out more, go to patreon.com backslash energetic principles. Okay, now let's meet our guest. All right, I'd love to welcome my special guest this week. We have Cassandra Tyndall from Australia. Thank you for joining me, Cassandra. Thanks so much for having me, Melissa. It's great to be joining you from the other side of the world. I know. It's kind of surreal as I, you know, look at you through space and time <laughs> um, from so far away. Don't, don't you love technology? <laughs> it's amazing. But you know what? We met a couple of months ago for, in real life and that was cool too. <laughs> yes. And that is how I know Cassandra actually um, is through the UAC experience. And if you have listened to prior episodes of this podcast, you might have heard the one with Jack Marsh where we praised Cassandra on her her uh, talk that she gave at UAC on aversion. So now um, here she is on the show and I'm so glad to have her and to pick her brain about uh, this topic that we are going to be talking about, which is retrograde tales and Mercury retrograde in Leo in specific. Um, But before we get into all that juicy information about retrogrades, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, if you think I sound a bit funny, it's because I'm Australian. Uh, So uh, I have a full-time astrology practice here um, where I live in Brisbane and I teach, I consult with clients and I do a lot of writing as well. 
So I guess when I'm not, I uh, don't have my head in the stars, so to speak, um, I have a young son whose birthday is today, actually. Yay. And so I'm a mum as well. And uh, so uh, combining my astrology practice with being a mum and, and all of those sorts of things that come with that. So, yeah. Yes, you are. And what a lovely little boy you have too. So I hope he's having a wonderful fourth birthday, right? He's four this year. Four, yeah. Having an eclipse birthday today. (laughs) I know. How lucky him. Um, well, and fr- Friday the 13th over where you are. It's funny that we are talking on two def- different days here right now. <laughs> That's so true. You know, going to uh, UAC back in May, it was actually my first uh, time to America. So it was kind of a, a really unusual experience to leave here on the Wednesday and arrive on the Wednesday but then coming back, I still left on the Thursday and got back on the Saturday. So it's just crossing that international dateline. It's, you know, because I think we're 17 hours ahead of, of your time zone. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it, it, I'm, I'm from the future, literally. I know you are. It warps my brain a little bit when I try to think about <laughs> about this time of things. And we try to time it so we both had some sunlight and some daylight to play with, <laughs> um, which is funny because I can see you right now in this in this morning light. Um, and here I have that kind of like mm-hmm. afternoon uh, evening light coming in. So I love it. Um, so I'm so glad you're able to join me here today to talk about retrogrades because we have a lot of retrogrades happening right now. We have the Mars retrograde that we are currently in that started, um, I think, on your birthday, right? You, It sure did. Lucky me. <laughs> lucky Cass. And she, we, she's also a Cancer as well. So this will be the Cancer show again once <laughs> while we are still in Cancer season. Um, so bef- I guess before we kind of get into... Um, Obviously, Mars is retrograde right now, along with some other planets. Um, and then we have Mercury that will be going retrograde on uh, July 25th through August 18th. Um, and we are currently in the shadow phase of that uh, retrograde. Um, so we're probably likely to feel a little bit now. So we're going to kind of focus a little bit on that um, action that's happening. But before we get into there, uh, it might be good just to talk about, you know, what is a retrograde or what makes a retrograde and retrograde theory and all that. And I think I remember you saying that you had um, some interesting things to share in regards to that. Am I, am I right about that? <laughs> um, oh, I hope they're interesting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I mean, I don't want to kind of, you know, bore people, not that it's boring, but get into the technical astronomical Um, stuff of the retrogrades but I guess just for people who may not be aware you know no planet actually you know changes gears and goes into reverse it's just an optical illusion so um, I guess a way of sort of you know thinking about that is if you've ever kind of been at the train station and that train's just starting to kind of slowly take off then another train zooms by past you really quite fast but it looks like it goes backwards that's kind of what happens, you know, with the planets. Um, and that's what sort of gives us that uh, retrograde or, or reverse um, perception. Uh, and so in terms of, I guess I have been thinking about retrogrades, you know, for a long time now. And I guess maybe a little bit out of frustration in a way, in the way Mercury retrograde in particular kind of got really simplified or mm. um, especially online, you know, social media, as good as it is, it does have its um, 
its its issues, I suppose. And I guess I just kind of, you know, felt that I needed to wave the flag for Mercury. And it's not just about computer crashes and, you know, fritzed hard drives and the like um, and cross wires. And I sort of started to really uh, embody or really think about, you know, what when a planet goes backwards, what is that asking us to do or what that, you know, what is that suggesting? And I think for us, Melissa, like in our Western culture and our Western life, we really do put so much emphasis and focus on always moving forward. Mm. You know, we focus on that linear progression of growth and gain and increase and more. So when a planet goes in reverse or retrograde, well, that automatically must mean that's bad, right? You know, <laughs> it's like, oh, no, yeah. you know, it's going to be bad. So, um, particularly if you, if you do kind of buy into to what we hear online. And so, um, you know, not, you know, I guess for me personally, like I have a, on paper, a really functional Mercury. It's in its own sign in the first house and it's moving at a super fast speed at one of the top speeds that mercury uh gets to and i'm like why do i like mercury retrograde so much because i really really do enjoy it and i guess i sort of adopted some of the indian principles around retrograde motion and that was that in their culture which in comparison to the west is it is a little bit more internalised or spiritual or about that sort of introspection and reflection. Um, the retrograde phases can really offer us that time or that space to actually kind of step out of, you know, in this case, the mercurial world or that information overload that we have. Mm. And you know, how can we actually... Um, filter or process what is meaningful or what is true in our own mind. So when a planet slows down, it actually kind of has a little bit more power in in this way of thinking. And I guess I'll give you an example. Last night I was just taking the rubbish out, <laughs> you know, as, as one does. Yeah. And, uh, and I just happened to look up and, uh, and Mars was just this, massive red bright light almost like the nighttime sun it was amazing and you know it's retrograde at the moment and and really close to earth and so from an astronomical perspective when a planet is retrograde it is closer to us it is brighter we see it more it's it calls for our attention Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think that is the gift or the beauty of the retrograde, it's its not just, oh, geez, like, you know, the frustrations, which sometimes that can happen when we are conditioned or used to kind of, you know, being in this fast pace. Uh, but when a planet is, is going backwards, it's like, all right, this is a pause or a rest or a reflection. And so Mercury, I find, is, is really a powerful and much-needed opportunity to rest particularly with this information overload that we have in our lives right now yeah and i think you're absolutely right i love how how you're saying and that's okay let me break it down let me let me use the slow mercury (laughs) i have to break break that down this fast mercury just said um i love what you say about how it gets our attention because the 
the only reason that we have uh, retrogrades or, you know, that apparent backwards motion is because of our Earth-based perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and that retrograde planet, or at least um, that... Well, yeah, because it, it just gets closer to the earth. And so it gets closer to us and it calls to us. Um, but it calls to us to uh, either slow down or um, to readdress some of the issues that are have to do with that planet. Mercury, obviously, is the one we uh, slow down and reassess more frequently because it retrogrades, what, every three, sometimes four times a year, mm-hmm. roughly. Uh, so we get more um, action with the Mercury retrograde. And like you said, it's all over the media. Um, people have certainly uh, sens- uh, sensationalized um, Mercury in its retrograde cycle because, you know, who doesn't like something to talk about? And it happens, you know, every how many months? And it's like, oh, no, watch out. Watch out for this now. But I love what you're saying. It's, it's true. It's not something to be feared. It's really an opportunity uh, to realign um, forward, uh, at least with whatever that planet represents. And right now we have Mars, which is going backwards, uh, that apparent backwards motion, um, which is, you know, how we... Uh, go forward in life with our actions, you know, what are we putting our energy into? Um, and now our mind kind of gets to conjoin, um, not conjoin cause they're actually an opposite science, but <laughs> gets to join that retrograde. Um, so this makes me think real quick before we get into like a specific mercurial type of retrograde stuff. Um, what is, I mean, what is your take on how personal planets retrograde, uh, retrograde affects us uh, versus maybe the outer planets? That's a really good question because I know in the past I used to sort of glaze over the outer planet retrogrades a little bit and you know, sometimes I would see uh, posts by different astrologers, you know, uh, Pluto's retrograde or you know, Pluto's doing this and I sort of think, well, you know, what's the big deal about that because it's, you know, retrograde nearly, you know, half the time. I know. And, <laughs> you know, so <sounds, laughs> it just sort of seemed a little bit... Uh, sort of redundant in a way. Um, and so in terms of the outer planets, Uranus, Neptune and Pluto, I think they can be really powerful or really intense um, if those retrogrades or the stations, they impact a direct part of your chart. And you're going to feel that. Mm. And it doesn't, I find those retrogrades don't really pertain so much to external events, but more the internal shifts within you or those internal perspectives um, that are quite profound and um, not always visible to those people around you or those that you love, but they're those, I guess, more like rather than a perspective shift, a paradigm shift. Mm, and, yeah. um, you know, and uh, it's sort of like, you know, once you cross into this territory or you get you know, triggered by Uranus, things are never the same. Or if you get intrigued by Pluto, things are never the same. And, you know, Pluto, for example, only really moves through, you know, two, three degrees of the zodiac a year. So when it does kind of, you know, grind over a certain planet in your chart, it's a long, drawn-out process. But with the other planets, the more sort of social, personal planets, um, I think the... The effects are a little bit maybe, uh, well, they're quicker. They don't tend to drag out for a long time. Um, And they might also pertain to um, external events. Mm -hmm. And I also find that they are more like perspective shifts as opposed to paradigm shifts. So, you know, Venus retrogrades, it might, you know, uh, 
you might have some changes in your taste or your aesthetics or your, you know, Venusian pleasures or your tastes in things. You know, Mercury might be about your mind and the way you think about things and perceive things. You know, Mars might start to, um, you know, what are you you're about to, what, what are you prepared to sacrifice or what are you prepared to fight for? Or, mm. you know, it's the more kind of um, about who I am and what I'm doing, the, the other planets or the outer planets is more about our relationship with the world or the, out, the outer life. So I guess the way I can describe is more perspective versus paradigm. And the paradigm is sort of like where you're orbiting on your own axis for a period of time and until you can sort of like recalibrate. Uh, so they are longer drawn out and sometimes more profound experiences Whereas the inner planets tend to be, um, uh, I guess, more of a, a um, not so much done on the fly, but kind of like sort of can happen while the rest of the rest of your life is happening too. But the other stuff you've got to sometimes step out of. Uh, yeah, and, and take a minute with it. Well, especially yeah. like you're saying, Cass, with, um, uh, you know, those outer planets. And if you're having a, a significant transit from them, whether it be um, a conjunction or an opposition or square, uh, when they do station retrograde or direct, that's probably when you're going to see some significant action in, in that area. Uh, mm. So I think you're absolutely right about that. Um, and, I, you know, anybody, we just had a, a couple go forward. We had Jupiter j- just went forward. Uh, mm. We're talking this week on the, we're actually talking on the uh, solar eclipse new moon right now. We're on the countdown yeah. about two hours deep. <laughs> um, so we just had Jupiter go direct. Um, and then, what, a week or two before that, we had Neptune. Um, we did, yeah. As well. So anybody that was having Neptune transits or anybody's having Jupiter transits at the time probably really felt those stations. It totally. I mean, you know, speaking of how these planets can affect us, it was, I think, May last year, maybe June, July, I can't quite remember. Why am I so tired? Mm. I was like, oh, maybe I'm, you know, overdoing the training or, you know, maybe I'm not eating enough of this or enough of that. And I said, what's wrong with me? And I just happened to look in my ephemeris and lo and behold, um, I had my first exact hit of the Neptune square. And so, of course, you know, that that particular, um, you know, so the stations and of Neptune at the moment are, are really quite noticeable for me, whereas in the past it was, you know, not quite as impactful. So, you know, we'll hear astrologers all the time talk about this retrograde, that retrograde, but, you know, it might be an energetic thing that you feel or that you can connect to, but it may not really impact or interact with your own life unless it it really triggers a, ch- a chart point or a planet or an angle um, or, you know, using a variety of different timing tools to really hone in what is what is going on. Yeah, a perfect example that, you know, it doesn't affect everybody the same way. And we have to keep that in mind as we talk about these things. Like it's not a blanket, um, you know, experience that everybody's going to have. So it really is chart specific. And that's why it's good to contact your local astrologer <laughs> to see what's going on in your chart. Because like even it's so funny. Uh, it's so funny how you look at the fem- ephemeris and you're like, oh, yeah, the Neptune square. Um, I find it funny as astrologers that sometimes we don't even see the transits sneaking up on us until the time. And it's like, Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's it. And particularly with Neptune, it's like, oh no, right. I didn't know. <laughs> that's hilarious. So doctors make the uh, worst patients, and sometimes you know astrologers make 
the worst astrologers of our own chart. So yeah. we don't always, you know, you're, you know, sometimes you need a third eye on your own chart to be able to see sometimes what's very obvious. Yeah. Well, especially when you're focusing on other people's charts or the, the mundane astrological weather, you know, you tend to forget to look at your own. And then before you know it, maybe something that you saw a few years ago when you're like, oh, that's coming down the line. And then all of a sudden it's here. Um, and that's how, that's how my Pluto transits hit me, but that's for another podcast. <laughs> um, so, I'll be one of those two. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I, we're, I'm not alone. Oh, I'm sure. I'm not alone because, you know, any cardinal sign has probably been feeling, uh, well, cardinal sign up to 20 degrees has probably been feeling some Pluto action over the last handful of years here. Um, Lucky us. But right now, I think the fixed signs are really feeling um, some things Mm -hmm. going, you know, because we have Mars retrograde in Aquarius. Um, It will eventually move to uh, Capricorn, but it's still in Aquarius. And then we have this Mercury retrograde we're about to talk about, who is also in Leo. Oh, and then Jupiter is in Scorpio. And so basically all the, the fixed signs, which is Taurus, Leo, Scorpio and Aquarius, they're the ones probably feeling a lot of what we might be talking about here today, I think. Totally. And I guess one other thing to point out um, with the Mars retrograde, it hasn't happened in Aquarius since 1971. Yeah. So for many of us, this is you know, fresh territory that we are, are working with, or, uh, you know, unless you were born prior to 1971, but uh, this is sort of breaking new ground for a lot of us. And, you uh, doing these Mars things in a part of our life where we haven't done it like this before. Yeah. And especially if you're someone like me who has a Mars driven chart, you know, there's a lot to <laughs> reconsider. It's in the fourth house. So it's, it's got some power right now and with its angularity. Um, and so I am certainly feeling it. It has a lot for me to reassess with my own energetic drive. And so sometimes that is necessary. Um, especially if you're someone like me that has been kind of go, go, go since day one in life. Like you're saying, I've never even had a Mars retrograde in, in this point. Um, so I feel like I can kind of release certain energy that um, no longer suits me uh, in old uh, you know, motives or drives that I once had to kind of reinvigorate that founda- that Mars foundation <laughs> that I stand upon. Um, at least I hope so. Um, <laughs> but it will, it'll all manifest different for everyone, I am sure. Um, so let's... Okay. So let's talk about this this Leo Mercury retrograde here um, that just happens to be dancing over my own Mercury <laughs> now that I notice <laughs> it. Um, so I mean, what are, is there anything off the bat that you're seeing uh, that you know themes that might appear for this particular Mercury retrograde? Yeah, well, I guess you you can't really just talk about a Mercury retrograde without sort of realizing or, or contemplating. What he, you know, who is he? What's his purpose? What what does he do? Um, and I guess one of the ways that you know, I think Mercury and I think conduit to the sun instantly, mm-hmm. like he yeah. is the vehicle of our divine expression or our inner wisdom or that that intelligence that is not about you know whether you can remember the times tables or not, but more about how we express that innate inner wisdom and that self-awareness. And so Mercury is going retrograde in the sun sign. Mm -hmm. And so I think that is a a really, this particular retrograde collectively, I think is going to really be about reflection of the self um, first and foremost, and maybe working through some of the 
the ideas or the self-talk, the way that we see ourselves, the way that we express ourselves. Um, and if you think about, um, you know, Mercury, it, you know, the sun is sort of the king or the centre of our, our solar system. So Mercury's kind of got the king's ear, if you like. He's the, that, that, as I said, that vehicle of expression. And so he's neutral. He, you know, he just gathers information and takes information. And as we sort of talked earlier, um, we are in a very mercurial world, so information overload and um, I'm just flicking through my feed on Facebook this morning and uh, I can start to see these threads of, you know, of this upcoming retrograde and we are now in that that retrograde arc or the shadow mm-hmm. period. So sometimes I find that it's that phase is more potent or more suggestive of what the, of what it's all about. Um, and so with this uh, information overload, you know, Mercury retrograde is actually our, our time or our cosmic invitation, if you like, to actually step back from all this information and all this data and all this gathering and go, okay, well, you know, what's, what's true for me or what's factual for me or what's right for me? Because, you know, without kind of like the bias of our own self-talk or our own ego or um, the bias of what we want to uh, project out or so we don't speak in a way that we get what we want from people or so we can remain that sort of neutrality. And I guess, um, you know, another thing to consider with this particular retrograde is the squares to Jupiter. Mm. And, um, you know, what is opinion or bias versus what is actual fact or, or, or truth, okay? And so I think these, you know, when we think about retrogrades, regardless of what the planet is, um, they kind of a bit reflective of the, um, the significations of the planet itself. And so Mercury is very fast, it's very slow, it's, it's variable, and information comes at us and data and knowledge comes at us. That, you know, we're just hammered by it these days. So to be able to step back from it and to sort of go, okay, well, and in your own mind, sift through or process all these information, all these sound bites and tidbits and quotes and opinions and eat this or don't eat that or, you know, this is true for this. And, you know, or we get all just told what to think all the time. The Mercury retrograde is an ideal time to process and work out what is truth or factual for you and your divine expression and your divine wisdom and that innate self-knowledge. Otherwise, it's just this regurgitation of, of data that eventually becomes dogmatic. Yeah. I think this is the challenge with the Jupiter square is am I just repeating or regurgitating all of this, these facts and this information and this data or have I actually done this Jupiter process of integrating all of this um, from a more a place of wisdom as well, opposed to... Yeah. Well, in Leo, you know, we're talking about that authentic self, right? Or, you know, for some, yeah. so is, is what you're expressing and what you're sharing, um, and, you know, is that parrot talking? Um, <laughs> is it coming from the authentic self? Because I totally agree with you, Cass. There is, 
so much that I, you know, honestly, even on my own Instagram, and I'm sorry for the people that I follow on Instagram, I don't look at it because I can't. It, it, just to produce it is is how much enough that it's so hard for me to go in and then take part of it because I don't even know where to start. Um, mm. And I, I think that's a really good point, especially pulling back. Um, from that for a minute and especially reassessing what it is, you know, that you're, you're taking in from all everything that's coming in. Cause you're right. Mercury is noodle. Newton. He's neutered. He's about that. He's about that data. And so, yeah. How, what is it? What we're picking uh, to take in? Is it part of our authentic expression? And if it's not, then, you know, it really doesn't have any place for us. And like you're saying, you know, what is true with what it is that we read and see this is this issue has been on the table for quite some time now, um, and I, I have a feeling you're right that it will be kind of reared back up once again during during this time. Yeah, and I think um, you know I guess you know what I see from the outside looking in in terms of I guess you know not to kind of you know get on this tangent too much, but you know collectively and in America particularly like there's this real paradigm shift around the old dogmas and what we've always been told was true or believed was true and kind of just gone on that autopilot with that. And I think this Mercury retrograde with these squares to Jupiter, especially Jupiter in Scorpio, it's really like that uh, digging deep into the sort of bowels of the mind or bowels of wisdom and, you know, what is actually truth? And, uh, you know, whether that's on the collective or from a personal standpoint as well. And also being brave, you know, that courageous Leo yeah. to voice what, to voice that too. So, um, and I feel, you know, at least within our community um, in astrology, it's the Pluto in Scorpio generation are really coming through. And, you know, no doubt they will kind of carry the torch for this retrograde as well. And perhaps those with Uranus and Scorpio too, um, about what is you know, what is this breaking new territory and voicing that 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 new experience that is, as you said, that authentic expression of Leo. Yeah, I think we're going to be tapping into a little bit of that as we retrograde back because, you know, Leo is a very creative sign. It's a fire sign. So we're retrograding in a fire sign, which I believe wasn't our last one in Aries, right? Uh, yes. Remembering correctly. So we've had a couple, we're having a couple fire retrograde um, <laughs> retrogrades this year. Yeah. We are. Um, and fire is kind of that, uh, that's that principle of uh, initiation. It's a, it's a start. It's that intuitive faculty. It's that creative, you know, something that is born from a space that um, is nothing to some extent. Um, so I'm wondering how that will play in in the retrograde if, uh, you know, going back over our creative expression or if something's trying to be birthed or reconsidered or I don't know. I just was thinking creatively because <laughs> that's how my mind works. <laughs> <laughs> and, and no, you're totally right. And I mean, if you think about the element of fire itself, mm -hmm. it is about, um, you know, it, it rises up. It can't be, it can't be kind of, if you think about a raging fire, it's 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 out of control, um, but it also yes. has that real, <laughs> you know, um, you know, and that that's kind of you know, I guess that more um, you know, positive or negative, depending on on you know 
where you where you are with that. But you know, fire is one of them that was considered anciently the um, the most divine of the elements, and it kind of was what brought you closer to God. Yeah, it was the light, and that sort of you know coming back to that sort of the wisdom of of the sun, that mm-hmm. essence. I love so, that. I think there will be a lot of opportunity to explore that, um, and also to you know if something doesn't hold that truth for you or hold water for you you'll just be done with it mm. particularly with the you know the mars sort of playing out there as well you know what are you prepared to sacrifice for or, you know what are you prepared to discipline yourself for because you know, even though there's not that sort of direct uh interaction by sign they, they're all playing out together yeah. And well, and I find it so appropriate that um, we're experiencing, well, we will be, <laughs> we're not quite there yet, but we mm-hmm. will be experiencing this Mercury retrograde alongside with this Mars retrograde. Because I mean, especially if we're talking about fire signs, how many times do you, have you heard, you know, you, you act before you think um, kind of thing. And so we get to go back now um, in our, our apparent backwards motion uh, to reassess, you know, where we're acting and if the mind's on board and if is it aligned with who we are today? And like you're saying, does anything need to be cut from that in order to go forward? So I think of this as a really strong opportunity period that might not seem so on, you know, especially if we sensationalize it and be like, oh, retrogrades, they'll, you know, mess up your whole life. I feel like these two together might actually put us on track <laughs> more so than anything with our lives. Oh, so much so. And I've been really been thinking about, I guess for you guys, it's the summer of retrogrades. And for us yeah. in Australia, it's the winter. And um, I guess in my client work, I've sort of just had this whole Game of Thrones thing in my mind, you know, winter is coming and we just got to get through the winter and then, you know, the retrogrades will sort of alleviate and then we'll have a, you know, the nodes will change, Jupiter will change. It'll just be this sort of this lift, this change. Um, so I guess, you know, be thinking about this whole collection of planets in retrograde right now and, well, you know, Venus is yet to come, but that's another story. Yeah. <laughs> think about Mars, this Mars, Mercury, um, as well. And, you know, Mars being, you know, yes, the act of severing and, you know, sacrifice and things like that. But it's also kind of like about discipline. And I know Saturn often gets attributed to discipline, but Saturn is the commitment, Mm -hmm. the ability to go, okay, well, this is what I want long term, whether that is, you know, saving a bunch of money or, you know, losing 10 kilos, whatever it is, right? But Mars is the discipline to sacrifice what you want now for what you want long term. And so I really think that this whole Mercury, Mars, and that sort of wisdom and truth element there with Jupiter too, it's what are you prepared to sacrifice now? Remember that Mars is in Saturn's sign, mm-hmm. but Mars enters Aquarius in 2020. So I really feel that in some respects this is a bit of a prelude mm. to, you know, even though they're both Saturn rules Saturn and Cap, Saturn and Aquarius, it's going to be very different when it goes into um, into Aquarius. So I just feel that, you know, even though things feel really stagnant now, like driving with the handbrake on sort of thing, 
I always, when I think about the retrogrades, I remember a long time ago uh, in my early 20s when I went to work at a Christmas party and uh, I got a food, it's a chi- one of those old school Chinese restaurants and got a fortune cookie. And I didn't really like my, <laughs> my fortune <laughs> in this cookie. And, um, but it always resonated with me. Mm. And, and it was um, the sooner you fall back, the longer you've got to catch up. Mm. And I think that this you know, summer, winter, whichever side of the globe you're on, it is that catch-up time to really realign yourself with what it is that you truly want. You know, if you think Saturn is the, you know, the last of our planets that we can see with the naked eye and Mars is retrograding in Saturn's sign, there's something in that, um, in this Mars retrograde for that longer-term uh, commitment of the Saturn in Aquarius. So, and the fact that Saturn, oh, sorry, Mars hasn't been retrograde in Aquarius for such a long time. Oh, yeah. yeah, there's a little bit, yeah. I mean, so no, it's sort of a broader brushstroke looking forward, but I really do feel that we are planting the seeds now for the, the Saturn in Aquarius cycle to come. Yeah. And then when, do you know when it, 2020 is roughly? Uh, we do have a taste of it in 20, uh, I did not actually jot the dates down. For That's this. okay. It's so um, far ahead. I don't <laughs> expect any of it, it. It is what it isn't. I know, <laughs> right? I know. That's absolutely true. <laughs> um, I know. That's the scary part it of it. Is, so we yeah. do get um, a hint of it in sort of 2020. And then I think it really kicks over in, in 2021. So, um, yeah, it's only a couple of years away. Like uh, just looking at the ephemeris now. So Saturn enters... Aquarius in um you know towards the end of March and just after the equinox there so it's only 18 months away give or take so which is interesting because we just about you know as we're as we're talking today on uh, our new moon uh solar eclipse which is happening uh, in cancer you know it's kind of a prelude to some of um eclipses that are going to be coming over that period of time and how that south node is going to be in capricorn uh hanging out with pluto and, and saturn as well and so i think you're definitely on point um for the switches and you know the adjustments that are going to happen within that axis mm. and then moving forward from that with Saturn going into Aquarius by then um yeah. so that's interesting that's interesting yeah it's a little segue there <laughs> yeah I know we're all we're going you know see astrologers you always thinking about the future <laughs> um so. Yeah, so I don't think it's just as sort of uh streamlined as as Mars just you know retrograding in Aquarius it's uh next we've got the you know as you said the prelude of the eclipses today Mars you know there's a lot going on in the next sort of 18 month period so and I just, you know, maybe for those who are a little bit more, um, you know, know about their charts and transits and things like that, uh, from the top of my head, my, uh, sorry, Mercury last went retrograde in Leo, I think maybe 2012. Well, so, it dipped back in for our solar, our great American solar. Oh, of course, last year, yes, just for a yes. taste, a two degree taste. <laughs> a two degree taste tester. Yeah, so I guess, you know, you know, contemplate what was going on in your life, you know, around eclipse, around 2012, and you know, there could be some repetitive themes, you know, tie up of themes around there too. 
Yeah, I'm gonna have to go look at 2012 because that was a significant year for me, and especially having my actual Mercury in Leo, um, yes. I'm going to have to go check that out. <laughs> yeah, 2012 was a massive year for me. Massive. Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So lots of I had a lot of other uh, crazy transits happening there too. But when I think about the Mercury in Leo too, like yeah, I think yeah, it's a yeah, I. This is the thing with astrology. You can't just look at one thing. You've got to no. kind of see it as a uh, as a collection of things. So, so yeah, that's, uh, I guess, you know, some food for thought in terms of, you know, what the Saturn and Aquarius cycle, um, you know, there might be some uh, snippets or previews or insights to, you know, what might eventuate for you then during this Mars this might, that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, I can't wait to find out. Uh, like so far Saturn in Aquarius or Saturn in uh, Capricorn. Um, well, we're cancers, you know, obviously when it's going to be opposing your sign, <laughs> Saturn uh, can be a little, I'm not crazy about it in Capricorn because Capricorn, and I'm diverting from what we're talking about here, but I'm just thinking about, because we always talk about dignity and when a uh, planet is strong in its sign. And, but, you know, what, where does that strength lie? Is it helping you? <laughs> you know, is it, is it not? Um, these are just my own personal musings as it opposes my Venus currently. But <laughs> Well, Saturn is plumb opposite my sun right now oh. and uh, four degrees. So... I'm sort of thinking the same thing, you know. Um, it's almost like, you know, Saturn's just doing Saturn. It's not ruffling any feathers. It's not causing any waves. It's not, you know, initiating things. It's just it's just a bit of a grinder, really. It's just yeah. doing a thing and... Um, just kind of have to you know, adhere to it. Like, <laughs> exactly. Just it's just, yeah, it's, it's this kind of like do as you're told cast kind of energy. That's kind of how I'm hearing it anyway. It's like oh, know. You know, don't, don't colour outside the lines. Just, you know, stay within the shell, <laughs> particularly uh, the cancer. That's funny, especially with Mars and Aquarius right now. We're not necessarily willing to colour inside the, the lines um, <laughs> particularly. Um, but now to pull it back to our, our dear Mercury ret, uh, retrograde in Leo, um, let's think about, you know, how, what are some tips to work with the energy? We talked about, uh, you know, not taking it like it's a do or die type of thing. Number one, no. don't, get, don't buy into the sensationalism of it all. <laughs> no, I mean, look, I still think those... Uh, uh, those tips are, are, are worthwhile. Like, you know, I, I do try and remember to maybe back up my systems or, you know, just make sure that, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't, you know, if you, if you need to get a new phone, get a new phone. It's not a big deal. Although um, a couple of years ago when we had a, a retrograde, I did have to get a new mobile phone. And I don't know why, but I just had, you know, it's like, okay, time for a new one. I went and got it. And Mercury had stationed that day. Mm. And uh, this particular Samsung that I got was actually a lemon. Like it just, it overheated. It, it just turned on and off all the time. Took it back. And you know, a couple of weeks later, you know, it took a bit of time before you know, uh, my phone company would come to the party with the problem and so on and so forth. But I ended up getting a better deal in the end for it. So, you know, sometimes you will have those snafus or those confusions or those things that are just a bit of a, a pain in the neck. But um, if you can kind of just 
uh, wait it out and be patient, then mm-hmm. you can often get something a little bit better in the, the negotiation or the deal at the end. So I feel that, you know, those type of things are still, you don't need to rule your life around those sort of things, but, you know, be mindful that, you know, a few glitches may happen, you know, if you're yeah. travelling or buying things or, you know, wanting to, uh, you know, the, the big things. Um, yeah, I one thing, I make sure that my child goes nowhere near my technology during this period because I think the last, like, he has ruined something of mine, broken USBs or broken hard drives every Mercury retrograde almost since he was born. So That's it's funny. Just no children and technology. Um, but, you know, on a more... Um, you know, again, a more internal or, you know, more profound note, I suppose. Um, I do try and avoid social media during these times. Um, you know, it, it's it's not always, it's a part of our life, whether we like it or not. But uh, I will just maybe check my notifications and, you know, connect with the people I want to connect um, with. But I, I intentionally avoid just the mindless flicking, mm. killing the time from standing at the supermarket, um, you know, waiting for, you know, for my turn to check out, you know, I'm not just flicking to fill time. So I do try and be mindful not to do that and just allow that the joy and the pleasure of my mind just being in the moment. Mm-hmm. And I think that yeah, reducing distractions is a really um, ideal um you know, way to work with this energy and just be, I guess, aware or conscious of, of what thoughts bubble up. And then just let them go. It's almost like um, not being in a constant state of meditation, but when you do really get to that point, whether it's yoga or, you know, different uh, types of just quietening the mind, it really does allow you to sort of connect with that that inner wisdom, that sun's expression. Um, And I just really try and eliminate distractions and just really connect with things that are really meaningful for me, like, my truest friends or those that I can really talk to and communicate with or I'll read books more rather than just the, the monkey mind yeah, stuff. The mind, mm-hmm. yes. No, I, I totally... How about you? Well, you know, I think you're absolutely right about maybe uh, the theme for this summer is patience, especially with uh, that Mars retrograde, Mercury retrograde. Um, frustration could likely be in the air because, you know, things happen, like you're saying. Like you said, we're the Samsung... Samsung phone. Um, yeah, you got to limit at first. Because the thing with Mercury retrograde is a lot of times it's not that we can't do anything. It just doesn't really go smoothly off the bat type That's of right. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we kind of got to work with that a little bit. But I totally agree with your idea about you know stepping back from that, uh, especially that social media sphere. And I mean, I, I don't know if I'm shooting myself in the foot as I'm very much involved in it, but it's true. We all are. I know. Um, <laughs> It's true because, you know, if we're talking about Mercury retrograde and it has the ability uh, or it has the beauty of it is we're allowed to reassess and go back in um, and, uh, you know, process, you know, mentally what we have encountered in the last, you know, handful Mm -hmm. of months since that last retrograde. If we have that constant distraction, like you're saying, because I can't even tell you, you know, you look at a line of people, like you're saying, waiting in a grocery store, how many are like, you know, it's kind of sad, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Um, 
And so we have to allow ourselves that space, like you're saying, to be able to even have those insights and that review that is so fruitful during this time because mm-hmm. you don't put the phone down or you don't turn the TV off or, you know, uh, especially with fire and it's, you know, that sun's energy, like you're saying, like it's kind of, it's an eternal thing. It has to rise up like you were saying Mm. earlier. And we're going to be shoving it down and not even giving it the chance to rise up unless we create the space for it. So I really like what you're saying there. Plus, I think, you know, with Leo, especially since the world's been so tense, um, you know, like recently, but farther than recently, it seems like I don't even remember when it was intense now. Um, But you know, the fire, fire signs have that spontaneity in it and that kind of playfulness. Um, and, and especially Leo, maybe like that childlike nature a little bit more. Yeah. So I'm thinking maybe if we can just, like you were saying earlier, you know, be in the now, be in this moment, uh, be a little mm. more spontaneous within reason, of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, let loose a little yeah. bit, you know. Well, maybe just, uh, yeah, I mean, of course, it's going to depend a little bit, you know, where Leo is in your own birth chart. True. But um, <laughs> it's maybe call a friend instead of just messaging them or, you know, make take that time out. And, uh, you know, it's such a gift to do that. And I feel that, you know, many people don't because we're just in such a, a grind of Groundhog Day you know, getting things done and never having enough time. But, you know, to be able to eliminate some distractions and allow yourself that that peace and that, you know, that joy as well that, that Leo really wants to bring to the table. Um, you know, with the Mars opposite that, it's just, you know, elimination, cut things out and, you know, kind of um, allow yourself to be, you know, be in that joyful moment. And um, but that's, you know, my intention at least for... Um, you know, for this retrograde is to, um, you know, to, just to enjoy, you know, rather than messaging on Facebook or sending an email, you know, even if it's just a Zoom call or a WhatsApp message, just so there's the voice, there's that, the, you know, uh, the phone calls, the connections, just having a little bit more sense of meaning behind, you know, keeping in mind there's that Jupiter piece there as well. So yeah. there, there wants to be that integration and that, um, you know, it's just stationed. So it's still really intense energy right now, Jupiter. So, you know, Jupiter also brings the sense of that joyfulness and that exuberance to the table as well. So it might be about like overstretching yourself a little bit or getting out of your comfort zone and pick up the phone for once instead of just, you know, texting or what have you. Yeah. Add a little more uh, personalization and, and intimacy. Like if we're talking about Jupiter Scorpio type of thing, maybe, you know, going a little deeper rather than that superficial um, type of conversation or connection with someone. Um, I mean, but I like forgot the art of that, don't mm-hmm. you think too? And wasn't the yeah. like experience just remarkable? Reminded us how important that face-to-face communication and the energetic exchanges is so intense and and so powerful. Um, And so I think sometimes we can rely on our technologies to kind of do that for us. And you know, in so many respects, it's it's a gift and it's amazing. But there's also the human 
part too. Yeah, which is also a gift and what really makes life special, you know, being able to connect with another person Um, because that connection then leads to that joyful experience, um, which, you know, we're trying to kind of draw out or uh, reconnect with, you know, in Mm -hmm. some way. Um, Because if we can kind of reconnect with our joy and what kind of lights the heart up during this time, that will also help Mars's job of what to cut or where to act next. Um, So it kind of helps us to line with the heart mentally before we uh, take action. That's a brilliant, brilliant point too. Yeah, we'll get that. You know, when we can bring that joy back in, we will have that clarity and perspective about, you know, it helped to eliminate a little bit of the confusion as well. Yeah. That's yeah. really, I really like that. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. I acted it out <laughs> along the way. I felt the thing, you know. It's, um, always, it's those little tidbits that you can't quite prepare for. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it just, it just came to me. Flashes um, inside. That's mm-hmm. perfect. All right. Well, I think we've covered plenty of things, Mercury retrograde and retrogrades and even Saturn and Aquarius, which we didn't plan for, but hey, you know, added oh, well, bonus. Yeah, see for a little bit of, you know down the track yes absolutely it fit in rather perfectly especially since we are in eclipse season we can't forget that i know we're not talking about that here today um but that is still brewing all that energy so there is a lot of dynamic change that is going on right now um and shifting so it's good to cover all these bases i think um, about one hour and 10 minutes yeah. to the eclipse now. Yeah. Ooh, we're getting close. We're getting <laughs> close. Um, I can, yeah, I, I feel it. I don't know. I'm a little tired. I don't know about you. <laughs> uh, oh, you just woke I, up. <laughs> well, I mean, the last couple of nights I haven't slept as well as I would like. And I just think it's that, that eclipsy sort of feel. And, um, I think just the experience last night, as I mentioned earlier of, uh, taking the rubbish out, and he was Mars, this you know massive yeah. bright light. Just and it just made me sort of think about you know what the ancients must have, you know, when they're starting to work out what all these planets are doing and what they mean, and and that would have just been such an intense and an amazing experience. And we sometimes forget about the sky, yeah. you know, what's actually happening up there, you know, whether you're an astrologer or not, and its power on us. So maybe the the Mercury retrograde is a little bit of an opportunity too to switch off the electronics perhaps and and connect with the the, the more universal energies or, you know, and the humane ones too. Yeah. Lest us not forget as above, so below. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely intense times and, uh, you know, winter is coming, you know, it's it's here for us and it is the kind of, um, you know, it's a – I mean, I don't know how it feels energetic for you guys, you know, being in the summer, which is a lot more um, active and outdoorsy and a little bit more exuberant overall. But, you know, with all this retrograde energy, is it feeling like regular summer or has it got just that little bit more of a a different, you know? You know, I might not be the best person to ask because I live in my own little bubble of, you know, like, and I don't know, I feel, and I might not be alone with this. I mean, I feel like there's so, been so much active um, energy and just movement that even um, taking in the seasons or knowing mm. what month it is, you know, I'm like, it's already almost the middle of July. I swear it was just the New Year's the other day. Um, and so I'm, it's like, I'm even, I'm, which is another reason to slow down because I've even lost 
you know, track of, you know, those great cycles that help align us with, you know, with the year and the, in the changing of things. So that's a really good point to think about because yeah, the summer's here. And the only reason I knew the summer was here is because last Friday we had this incredible heat wave come out of nowhere. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that's right. It's the middle of July. Um, and so, so yeah, I mean, yeah, (laughs) I feel it, but I also feel like I need to, you know, pull back a little. Mm. Yeah, for us, it's kind of different, I suppose, with all this retrograde action and it's winter. It's, ah, oh, just hibernate, get, th- get through the yeah. winter and then we'll, then, then it's all over. And um, That's a good point, actually. You know, that winter, yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, I've always just been curious how it would feel in the north because it's, you know, the summertime, but all this energy of retreat and pull back. Um, and I found myself saying to the clients a lot over the last few months, you know, we just need to get through this winter, which trust me where I live is, is not really winter. winter. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah. And then, you know, it's Jupiter and Sag, the nodal changes. Um, yeah. And, November. I think November. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. It's sort of like light at the end of the tunnel comes in November yeah. um, for sure. When and you're then, starting your summer, Totally. And then we'll be starting our winter. <laughs> you know, Uranus dips back into Aries, so we've got this, you know, a bit more fire there. And, uh, yeah, so it's uh, yeah, it's interesting. Just uh, I feel that these retrogrades seasonally are probably a little bit maybe easier for us to be integrating. Yeah, or at least this one in particular based on, yeah. our, based on our lineup. Hmm. All right. Well, I think that we have done our job here. So I want to let people know how to find you. You know, what, where are you at? What do you got going on? Uh, give For us sure. Well, I mean, of course, you know, we've talked about the joys of social media. So yeah. yes, I have you know, <laughs> um, Facebook and Instagram and uh, trying to up the ante a little bit on uh, Twitter, thanks to some of my uh, astrological peers. <laughs> You know, so you can find me there. Uh, Cassandra Tyndall is usually, you'll find me there. Um, my website is CassandraTyndall.com. Um, what I've got coming up, so next weekend, which is the 21st and the 22nd, I'm actually speaking at an uh, Fresh Voices in Astrology Summit run by Astrology University. So um, it's a two-day online conference. It's free astrology. So really, um, you know, prompt you to sign up for that, to register for that. So that's uh, Fresh Voices um, in astrology.com, I think is the website. Yeah, I'll put a link to it in, in my blog post. Thank so you. Um, yeah, so you can uh, sign up for free and attend the, the conference uh, as it happens. And there's also an option, um, I think it's called the All Access Pass too. Um, And if you are in Brisbane, I am running a transits workshop on Saturday, July 28th. Um, And we'll just be exploring how the the moving sky interacts with your life. So it's an introduction to transits. Lovely, lovely. Um, And then further on down the road for us people here in in the U.S., uh, you'll be at Norwalk up in Seattle next year, right? Um, I will be, yes. So, uh, so looking forward to coming back. Yeah, yeah, I know. I am so excited to um, explore the uh, West Coast because 
I have some fabulous astrology there. I'm starting to really get into the uh, locational stuff. So um, I think it's going to be a wonderful trip and I can't wait. Oh, yes. I can't wait either. And yeah, and for you uh, astro newbies out there, who knew, you know, where you are, your location also affects your chart as well. Um, So that's another fascinating part of astrology and for another podcast. (laughs) Um, So thank (laughs) you so much. Yeah, right. Um, That's funny. All right. So where can you find me? Well, you can find me at energeticprinciples.com. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Energetic Principles. I have not uh, taken on that Twitter game yet. Um, I have an account, but I do not use it. <laughs> I do not look at Twitter at all, but I know a lot I, of people do. They love it. I know. It's, yeah, yeah. I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. And yeah, you'll get maybe there. that can be a Mercury <laughs> retrograde experience. There you go. And then you'll know how to approach it going forward. <laughs> That's funny. Yes, perfect example. Um, and as far as things going on, I'm kind of laying low during this Mars retrograde, but I do always have my things online. I have my Patreon service with the tarot subscription, um, if you're interested in that. Um, and of course, I do personal consultations. Um, and that can be uh, here in San Diego uh, in person or locally anywhere in the world. Um, and as a reminder, you know, uh, if you like what you hear today, you know, feel free to share it with some people, spread the good word. And if you feel so inclined, uh, to leave a review on iTunes, um, I greatly appreciate it because it helps me get a little more visible in the astrology world. Um, so all right, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, and as always, may the stars be with you. Mm-hmm.